Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome. Welcome to the Trampling Hall podcast. I am your host, Misha Globerman. Trampling Hall is a lecture series that takes place uh, in Toronto, but also sometimes in other cities, and now takes place uh, in your head through the magic of podcasting. The way the show works is people give lectures on all kinds of subjects. Some of them are really serious. Some of them are ridiculous. Um, some of the people are really experienced. Some of them have never been on stage before. But the one rule that unites all of them is that they cannot speak on subjects on which they are professionally expert. It can't be their job to know about the thing that they're talking about. Um, after each lecture, we take questions from the audience. The Q&A is a huge part of the show. It sometimes goes on longer than the lecture itself. Um, this is our very first podcast episode. Um, we've been doing the show for a really long time. Uh, we started it in 2001 in Toronto and have done it pretty much every month since then. Uh, we occasionally visit other cities, but basically Toronto is where we live. And we have this huge archive of recordings. When we do the live show, we do three lectures a night. But for the podcast, we're going to be taking just one lecture at a time and releasing them out uh, into the Internet where you can enjoy them. Um, over the coming episodes, I'll just be telling you more about the live show, and hopefully you'll sort of be able to build a picture of what Trampling Hall is like when you come and see it in a bar in Toronto. But for now, let's just get to the first lecture. Uh, it contains a mature language that's either a warning or an enticement, depending on how you feel about swearing. So this is it, our very first Trampling Hall podcast episode ever. The topic is dads, and the lecturer is Emily Keeler. Hi, everyone. So I'm also known as TBA, so there's buttons there. Um, and that happened because it's only been a week since I knew that I would do this. I got a text message that was like, do you want to speak at Trampoline Hall? And I was like, hmm, what am I not an expert in? And it turns out it's dads. <laughs> so um, I'm definitely not an expert in dads because I neither am one nor have one which isn't really that unusual if you take the long view. I mean, dads are a relatively recent invention. <laughs> it took a little bit of time for us to really like trace the cause and effect relationship between fucking and babies, which makes sense, right? I mean, like you fuck somebody and then it's almost a year before you have a baby. Without science, that connection is pretty murky. <laughs> so. We probably figured this out during, I would say, our initial human agricultural period. So around the time when we started like planting things and developing property, because at that time it probably became more advantageous to have small groups. 
which is to say that dads are because of property. So, when you think about your dad, you probably think about more than just sperm and property management, though. Um, <laughs> dads are a pretty important part of how we organize history. That's how we think about things like, you know, America has its founding fathers. I kind of, in a way, got grandfathered into this talk. Even... <laughs> I mean, even Barack Obama dreams about his dad. So, oh, also patriarchy. Um, <laughs> but for some people, dads are also a really important part of how they understand their personal history. Um, like Oedipus, for example. I mean, we wouldn't know who that dude is if it wasn't for his dad. So... I, I heard this anecdote once, and I only remember parts of it, or I only came in halfway through. But it was about this kid who's the son of like a major media mogul in Toronto. And he was at this party, and someone was rude to him, and he was all indignant. So he was like, do you know who my dad is? Which is a way, kind of a dad-centric way for him to be like, do you know who I am? But because I don't have a dad, I thought that this was like a legitimate question. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it's since been one that I frequently ask people, like I'll probably ask you guys later <laughs> on a one-to-one -one basis. <laughs> that said, it's, it's pretty okay that I don't have a dad. And the reason it's okay is because of television. <laughs> television has given me some really great father figures. So basically Bob Saget is my dad. Um, Full House, the first episode, aired in 1987, which is also the year I was born. So it's almost the first eight years of my life I spent watching this show. And Bob Saget is the picture-perfect patriarch. I mean, he has these three daughters, and he loves them a lot, so he invites his two best friends to come in and help raise them. So they get three dads, um, which is just a total embarrassment of riches. And... <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, then I'll just make him one of my dads, too. I mean, some of my earliest memories involve my, like, neat freak father clowning around with my uncles, John Stamos and Dave Coulier. Um, but I have some real-life memories, too, but none of them make me feel that feeling of father-daughter love that I got from Full House. I'm thinking about the time where my dad, Bob Saget, was singing My Girl in some child-friendly nightclub while Uncle Jesse rocks out on the bass behind him. Um, and I'm sitting in the audience with my sisters, DJ, Stephanie, and Michelle. And we can really just feel how much he loves us because it's my girl, right? So Full House went off the air in 1995. Um, but it was cool because I still got to spend a lot of quality time, QT, with my dad, Bob Saget, because of America's Funniest Home Videos. If it wasn't for America's Funniest Home Videos, I don't think I would know what a dad joke is. And that's the most important part of having a dad, <laughs> is to know what a dad joke is. You need to be able to recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> you have a jokey dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> so a dad joke is a joke that makes you groan. Like, oh, dad. And... That's exactly what watching America's Funniest Home Videos is. It's like, here's this guy, and he makes me feel a little bit happy, but also deeply embarrassed. <laughs> so I feel like I didn't really miss anything in the dad department because I had that. Um, to get further into what a dad joke consists of, it's usually body humor or slapstick humor 
or a pun, like a really ridiculous pun. In preparation for this talk, I watched a few um, clips from America's Funniest Home Videos on YouTube. And there was one where like a kid stands up and then falls down. And Bob Saget was like, she won't stand for that. <laughs> so that's basically a dad joke. But the best and most daddest of the dad jokes are the kind of jokes where the, the speaker, the dad joke teller, is like telling a joke about how they know all these cool things, but in the telling of the joke, they reveal how desperately and deeply uncool they are. Um, a relatively recent example would be on Modern Family, and if I were younger, Ty Burrell would be my dad. But he's talking to the audience, so he's talking to us, and he's saying, like, I'm so cool, I know how to send a text message. I even know, like, text abbreviations, you know, like W2F or Why the Face. <laughs> um, but back to my dad, Bob Saget. He, um, so th there was a period in time, a.k.a. the teenage years, where I went through a little bit of a rebellious period, and that the best thing I could do to rebel was to stop watching TV. I mean, it's obvious, based on how my earliest memories are television, that TV was kind of a big deal in my family. So it put a lot of good, necessary distance between me and my mom, but it also put a lot of distance between me and Bob Saget. Um, so that was kind of hard. And then when I was about 17, I saw the aristocrats. <laughs> and that was terrible. <laughs> for, for the very few of you, apparently, in the audience that don't know, the aristocrats is the joke that is the opposite of a dad joke, even though it will still make you groan. Um, it's basically a joke about how lurid and vulgar and disgusting comedians are. Uh, the premise of the joke is that there is this family of performers and they're auditioning for a show or to get an agent and they do really, really fucked up things to each other. In the Bob Saget version of this joke, it's like a family of, I think he says, maybe six, I don't fucking know, people, including the children. And by the end of it, they are all covered in their own vomit and feces. The children have concussions and the mother dies. So I was like, whoa, dad. <laughs> um, and, and the worst part about watching The Aristocrats and my dad, Bob Saget, was how clearly he was on drugs. <laughs> like, he was sweating and he kept interrupting himself and you could see that he was having the time of his life. And then I realized that he failed me as a father because I know what it's like when someone's on drugs. <laughs> like, what a bad dad. <sighs> but... As it turns out, he probably was only doing America's Funniest Home Videos because he needed to maintain his property, because he needed to get paid. And watching him in The Aristocrats, it dawned on me that, you know, he's exactly like most dads. Like, he'd rather sit in a dark bar and make people laugh, just like all of us here at Trampoline Hall. Thanks. Emily Keeler, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Boberman. Up next, the Q&A. Q&A. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Are there are there any questions? Uh, I'll go to you, sir. Yes, you, sir. What were the other uh, TV dads that weren't necessarily the central figure, but that kind of played small? I were there other I, t- just repeat this. Were there other TV dads who were who were important? I think I went to university because of Fraser Crane. <laughs> <laughs> but, but because, why? Because you had to get out of the house, or <laughs> because you wanted to be erudite like him? I think I think it was like I wanted to be a learned person. I was attracted to him because he was a part-time dad. That's the kind of relationship I can get behind with a parent, you know, just like. On the weekends. I didn't even know he was, had kids on that show. Yeah, he had like this really annoying chubby kid. Um, does anyone remember his name? What? Frederick. 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 All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So, there, so Fraser. So Fraser Kane was, was another. Was another. dad. Uh, yes, you, ma'am. Yes. Did your mom have an opinion on Bob Saget? Did your mom have an opinion on Bob Saget? I don't think so. She used to call Wolf Blitzer her lover. <laughs> 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 like, what's our, what, how would that come up? Like, what capacity would that? <laughs> that was just like her TV man. Okay, she'd be like, "Oh, time for me to watch my lover, Wolf Blitzer." Like, it would just <laughs> yeah, be as, yeah, exactly. as simple as that. Okay, all right. But she, she, had, she had no strong feelings about Bob Saget. She was never like, "Oh, you watch too much of that Bob Saget," or. Oh, well, I, I don't think that she knew that I was like, "He's my dad." You know, he's my dad, right? Like, we didn't talk about it. It was just watching America's Funniest Home Videos is like, where else are you going to see people fall over all the time? I mean, right. now we have YouTube, but back then yeah. that was pretty much it. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, oh, yeah, so all the way back in the room, yes. Uh, have, have you ever seen Half Baked with Bob Saget? Have you seen Half Baked with Bob Saget? <laughs> no. Three people, three people chuckle knowingly, and everyone else is like, oh. What is, what is, what is Half Baked with Bob Saget? Is it, is it a drug movie or a bean movie, or neither? Smoking weed movie. Okay. At one point, um, Dave Chappelle is talking about being a drug addict for weed, and Bob Saget shouts out, Have you ever sucked dick for weed, man? So much more fun. Shows. I mean, somebody, I think somebody came and lectured about their real dad, and people just shouted out embarrassing, <laughs> fucked up things about their real dad at them. And I'm sort of trying to imagine that in some way that's what's happening here. Are you going to go see that movie now, or? Yeah, probably. All right, okay, there you go. Uh, yes, yeah, you all the way in the back of the room. Yes, you sir. Uh, are there any other 
there are there anti dad figures for you? What do you mean by an anti dad figure? Like a mom? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so like, um, yeah, someone who's that, okay. Well, I feel like after I saw The Aristocrats, um, <laughs> Bob Saget is kind of a no-dad-dad. I mean, like, he makes a joke about fucking his kids in the movie, and then he's like, oh, wait, can you cut that? Because I actually have kids. <laughs> So Bob Saget, so Bob Saget, paradoxically, is both dad and anti-dad. Yeah. <laughs> As, all right. So there is that. Is that does that uh, does that answer your question? Is that all right? And yet, uh, as you, so yeah. Oh, you, sir. I'm sorry, but you're a lady. I think it's a dark over there. <laughs> Whatever you are, dark figure over there. Have you ever tried to reach out to Bob Saget as his lost? Daughter? Have you ever tried to reach out to Bob Saget as his lost daughter? No. No. And why? Why not? I feel like. If I were to do that, I would probably do it with my biological father and not Bob Saget. <laughs> what, what, where did you, now, when you say you don't have a father, obviously at some level you have a father, like some, someone. But is he? So he's, he's, he, I take it he's alive. Is that right? As far as I know, I was conceived on um, Halloween. So it was a costume party. Oh my god! <laughs> really? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> um, what was? Can I ask what he was dressed as? He was Zorro. <laughs> and and my mom was a nun in a full habit. <laughs> oh my god! That's the, that's the dirtiest thing I've ever heard. That's amazing. And was and they, had they not met before? They were just That was like... the first time they met and then they were like kind of fuck buddies for a while and my mom was 26 and he was 20 and she was like I'm going to have a baby and he was like I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh my god. And then and then so so then they just they he just I don't know what Zorro does. Is he right <laughs> off in the sunset or he I don't, I don't know that he spins up in a tornado. I don't even know what Zorro does. Yeah, I don't know. He just left, but he left, and so yeah. I mean, he was twenty. I would leave. Like, <laughs> it is. I think. I think it is true that when you do something, you're twenty. You have no moral responsibility for it whatsoever. When is you that, do it no, as Zorro, doubly as Zorro. so. <laughs> so. So they just and so he so they maintain. I, I'm just. If, I, if there are twenty year olds in the audience, it's not okay to impregnate <laughs> someone and leave town, even if you are in a costume. It's still even on Halloween. It's still not technically okay. Um, <laughs> Just to clarify that. But, okay, so, so they didn't keep in touch or anything like that? Or? I don't think so. I think my mom was, like, pretty, like, no, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm an independent woman. And, like, I mean, she's the kind of person who raised me on TV and told me the story of my own conception. Like, she's kind of a free-spirited person. Right, right, right. <laughs> so. right. Any, other, any other questions? Uh, you, 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 ma'am, yes. Uh, yes, you, yes, you, the lady in the yellow uh, T-shirt. Who, uh, uh, do you know what parts of your personality you might have uh, received from your dad, Bob Saget? That's a great. Wait, what, what, what parts of her personality come from her dad, Bob Saget? <laughs> was that your? I was like, oh, that's a great question. But you're asking something about Bob Saget. And, all right. I was so, I, okay, I, I have my. I know what my next question is. But let's say, sure. What did you get from Bob Saget? Well, I think that from Bob Saget, I kind of like because he's a big neat freak on Full House and a filthy pervert in real life. Um, <laughs> so on Full House, he's a neat freak, and I think that I kind of rebelled about against that, and I'm a little bit of a slob. Um, but I'm also a filthy pervert, so I guess it's kind of like <laughs> you win some, you lose some. 
right. Did you have a question over there? Yes, you, sir. So if your your biological father was wearing a disguise when you were conceived, if you consider that it's not, it's not, you can't eliminate the possibility that it's biological. So your biological father might have been Bob Saget. <laughs> you actually started fanning yourself when that question came in. I got really excited. You, started, that would be you the actually best. did this like, you did this like, oh wow. Uh, that would be the best. I hadn't considered it before. Well, let's let's take a moment to consider it now. Do you think that it might be a possibility? Technically, it's a possibility. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think it's very probable, though. Now, how come? Well, I'm from Calgary. It was a small town. My mom and Zorro had like a brief friendship afterwards where it was not revealed that he was Bob Saget. Um, <laughs> right, so you think that would be the kind of thing that your mom would be like, oh, I, I, I feel like if it was Bob Saget, she would tell me. <laughs> be a weird it would be a weird detail to omit from the story. Yeah. She is a free spirit. <laughs> but yeah, you're probably, you're probably right. It's okay, true. So. But it's nice, but it's true. That possibility is there. All right. Yes, you, sir. Yes, you, yeah, with the, with the uh, this is maybe a tough one. How, how do you relate to Zorro now? How do you relate to Zorro, Zorro the fictional character? This not... is so fucked up, you guys, but when that Antonio Banderas movie came out, <laughs> so many weird feelings. That's all I want to say about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yes, you, sir. Um, in the, the course of your uh, research and um, personal reflections, uh, have you come across any common, I guess, you would put them, all the daddy issues? Have you come across daddy issues? You, you, you took a long time to, there was a lot of lead up, but that was the... Well, I mean, I am a woman, and there is patriarchy, and that's kind of a big daddy issue for me. <laughs> right, so the, the, just, just man controlling the economy. And yeah, the I mean, like, it, it kind of sucks that, like, old dudes are going to make more money than I probably ever will. That's a daddy issue. Um, let's see. Oh, I have to pay for tampons. Also a daddy issue. Yeah, that's basically it. I, uh, good answers all, I think. I'm curious, I'm curious about this idea that, you know, I only ever half thought about it, and it seems obvious to me, and I've always been curious about it, but at the very beginning of the lecture, you talk about the idea that, like, people actually didn't have an understanding of paternity. Is, is that right? Do you know, is that right? Is that true? Like, people would just be like, well, sex is fun, and well, women sometimes get pregnant, but no one was like... It, it doesn't actually, like, make a lot of sense. I mean, it makes sense when you consider how we organize our society, which is mostly based on, like, heterosexual monogamous pairs. I mean, obviously, that's because we figured out what paternity is. Yeah. But, I mean, human societies, even now, there are places in the world where they aren't necessarily organized that way. And, and was, there, was, you, is there a, was there a time when people really didn't... Because it's not... I mean, I always think, like, it seems like such a natural thing. This is such a stupid question because I know there's an answer to this. But, like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that like that makes it a stupid question because there's an answer. <laughs> but 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 
like did people used to were there were there vast cultures where people used to just not know that at all because because I guess to me it always seems like like when I think naively about animals having like I think about animals watching humans doing like weird shit or watching porn and what I always imagine is I always imagine I imagine I always imagine the animals thinking like stupid humans you won't make a baby that way but of course the animals they don't know then I have a weird ideas about animals but like but the animals they don't know like they probably don't know that they're making a baby do they like or well it's like even in um like even in in I mean they knew this by the time of the ancient Greek Greeks, but the ancient Greeks thought that semen had like a magical property, and that's why, like you know, the awesome older dude would fuck his like cool younger dude friend because he was like bestowing that magical property. Right. Um, so I mean, so, but who was knows? one of the magical properties impregnating women, or are they just like, they want, or is it just like it does anything? <laughs> I don't, we don't know. know. We don't know. So they knew it was special. We we're not between the two of us. We're not yeah. sure if they knew what it was special for. I didn't bring my phone on stage, otherwise I would look, look it up. up. I would be awkward on stage if you were like looking things up. Does anyone know? Did people? Was there like a point where people figured this out, or was that? Is there no? There's no one here in the room who knows when people figured out where babies to, come from. Like in this entire fair, room, I was like, I don't ever really thought when, about it. When I googled it. that this past week in multiple different search functions, like. I, the internet couldn't tell me specifically at what point we understood that it takes like both male and female genetic material to make a baby. So. Wait, okay. There's a, all right. There's a here's a, there a couple of I assume sex historians have their hands up. Here. <laughs> yes. Do you want to do you want know an answer to that? Yeah. Clear that although the ancient Greeks maybe did not understand that semen itself was the thing. Yeah. They did understand that you needed both parts and that semen was probably involved. <laughs> so so the ancient Greeks knew that there were, they knew that there was sex and babies and they figured semen was involved. The ancient Hebrews understood that if you didn't involve the semen, which is had the sexy times, you didn't get it either because the male <laughs> right? Oh, right, because in the Bible they understand that, right, you don't have, they, they knew about... They don't know what's in the sperm or how it works. They right. know that, like, sperm and eggs and dooby-dooby-doo. Right, in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for covering up the dirty part with dooby-dooby-doo. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So, so they knew it at least then. Okay. So that's that's helpful. That's helpful a little bit. This is just this is just the audience answering my question. Yes. Yes. You. Yes. Aristotle described the sperm as a little man that goes into the womb, and then the womb, if it's hot enough, produces a man. Yay! And if it's too cold or messed up, it produces females. <laughs> so Aristotle pretty much had it right. He knew. And that's why in the Renaissance you get drawings of sperm by Michelangelo that are a little man crumpled up into a sperm shape. They thought that the sperm, that was the whole guy. At some point, someone thought that. So, some, so, so Aristotle thought there was a little dude in the sperm, and then if something went wrong in the womb, like it was too cold, it would turn into a lady. Okay. That happens on The Simpsons, too. <laughs> Wait, what happens on The Simpsons? It's like when, when Homer impregnates Marge with Bart, oh, the sperm Bart's. is a little Bart. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true, that's true. That's one of the many ways in which The Simpsons exhibits an Aristotelian understanding of reality. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes, you, sir. I want to bring it back to your family. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for getting it away from the sperm where I left everything for so long. If Paul Saget was your father, which of the Olsen twins do you feel closer to as a sister? Well, on the show, they were just one person. Right. I'm almost exactly, I think I'm a year younger than the Olsen twins, so I probably just kind of projected that role as my role in the right. Tanner family. So you could almost be like the third, the third Olsen twins. Yeah, like they would yeah, just we would just rotate the three yeah. of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, you, sir, yes. Um, how did the advent of high-definition television affect your <laughs> 
Did HDTV, high definition television, affect your family life? Is the mis- slightly mysterious question to me. Well, I, I during my my rebellion when I was like fourteen, I stopped watching TV, and I haven't really watched TV since. So, I mean, like sometimes, like on, I'll rent a DVD from Queen Video instead of downloading it because I'm afraid of viruses. But <laughs> like, I don't really watch television. All right, so so not at all. And do you, th- you really and you think that's just because you're like have to get away from the medium that Bob Saget <laughs> is in? I think it's probably just better to develop relationships in the real world. All right, well, let's end on that doubtful message, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Emily Keeler, ladies and gentlemen. Trampoline Hall was created in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Mark Slutsky. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Trampoline Hall is a sumo audio podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.